1: Dental.com.
0: He this is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues Defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. And guys, I realized something last night. Uh I, I probably shouldn't start the podcast off this way, because I know we have a lot to talk about. But I realized. <laughs> This is so dumb. What? I should not even talk about this. When I go to the bathroom, when I go number one, all right? Huh? Huh. My nice. my my yeah. two feet are never flat on the floor. My right foot is always tilted up just a little bit. Like maybe the
2: toes up, or the are the ankles up? No, like like the so my. Okay, so can you I mean, come around so we can uh, see your feet? The, By chance, can so, we can we yeah, see here. the feet? I thought there maybe
3: you. he was on his tippy toes because he All had to right. get over
2: the rim. So oh, you
0: got to kind of—that's not nice. I, so you're the one just, who brought it up. So just so you know, so it's like the right foot here is just always in this sort oh, of like.
2: You know what you're doing. This pose is Yadier Molina's lead at first base. <laughs> I thought it was Jack Clark's old batting stance. This is what it looked yeah. like to me. Is this really- at home or is this in public or both? Both. Everywhere. And now,
3: what brought this on for you to just observe your feet? I, listen, man.
0: I don't know. Last night, I, I uh, was going to the bathroom and I noticed it, and I was, and I started laughing because I, I tried to put my foot down flat, and it just it was, was not it hot, comfortable, hot, man. The <laughs> were the toes
2: lined up? But the one was up, or was the one that's up also back a little? Oh, bit? Oh yeah, were yeah, you, were yeah, you yeah, Actually, in a batting stance. Yeah, it's it's a little like staggered, huh. kind of. I yeah. wonder if you were concerned about peeing on your on your shoe because I get that same way. Like if I'm if I'm going number one into a toilet. I will do my best, like the one here, the the one person one here. I'll get my feet underneath the toilet so there's no splashback because I'm real particular about yeah. my shoes being. Well, cleaned. how do you and fire off just a, everywhere, Jeff? I don't understand. Yeah, it's the Prince Albert, and but then it also cause spray. I at the urinal, you go the opposite way. You go this way. You spread out so there's no splash. Right. That way but you're not you're walking around with feet with the guy
3: beside you, Jeff. And, you know what that means. <laughs> and
2: give me a negative, Jamie. Give me a negative. Everybody here knows my name.
0: Listen, I always, <laughs> Good point. I always start off the podcast complaining about something, so I just figured that today was a little change of pace. No, it was great. It uh, was, you was know very what informative, mean. Donnie. Still don't understand why, but that's okay. No, it's fine.
2: Just you know, in, Maybe just in case some sort of alarm goes off, you're ready. You're I'm ready run to run. Yeah, I
0: am, man. I'm, I'm ready to sprint. That's for sure. Hmm. So uh, yesterday, uh, obviously, uh, NHL trade deadline and we got a lot to talk about as as far as that goes with the St. Louis Blues. Um, there was not that titanic deal that I think some of some of us were hoping for. But honestly, man, as it got closer to the deadline, and I kept seeing what teams were getting for players with term and for rentals, man, I was starting to get kind of cold feet about what the deal for Jacob Chicken could potentially look like and who the Blues were going to be Lo- you know, losing.
2: So I guess first things first, guys. What do you think of the deal? What do you think of the Blues? How they look going into the, the playoffs? only thing I want to throw is remember the Titanic sank, so we don't need a Titanic <laughs> deal. You're that's right. A good point. <laughs> that's Correct. Actually, that's a really good, good point. That's really good point. I, and it could. I like it's very metaphoric, Jeff. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
3: No. Really your good. thoughts
2: on so your thoughts on the Nicoletti deal? I want to know yours first. Uh, mine is almost jumping to about 10 or 15 minutes into the podcast is what I would like to say is everybody needs to calm the F down yeah. because being off yesterday, I watched a lot of Twitter as I know you did Donnie while you were on the air uh, so I could kind of talk a little bit educated about this <laughs> and the people that were saying, come on army, do something, come on army, do anything. Are you not going to do anything? Make some sort of trade. Then you get Nick Letty, and those same people are going, well, this isn't an upgrade. This isn't a, this guy. We didn't need this guy. Jake Wallman was going to be amazing. Sunquist is the next whomever. You just got to say that Army's got a plan. Big picture. That's my thoughts on yesterday. My, 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 the only
0: thing that that, that kind of – I don't even want to say troubled me, man. But the one thing that gave me pause when I saw the deal, it wasn't Wallman, it wasn't Sunquist, that was the second-round pick. But, it, it, but I just said it. I mean – the the, the the price for rentals and for players, I mean, it was high. So y- if you want something, you got to pay for it.
3: Yeah, the second-round pick doesn't trouble me. You know how I feel about draft picks mm-hmm. is uh, the Blues have a tremendous scouting staff. They do a great job, and I believe their first-rounders are very important. Now, the Blues are usually a successful team, so that is usually a mid-to-late first-round pick, which means you're not getting the top-tier prospect. You're getting a really good player that could end up being a great player, Uh, But then when you start leaking into the second round, so do the math. Now you're at the bottom of the second round as well. What does the pool of players look like? So for me, the percentages are greater that at least I got Nick Letty Mm -hmm. in this deal. It's a very known commodity is what I've just received from the Detroit Red Wings. Whereas the second round pick towards the latter part of the round, I'm not really sure what I'm getting.
2: I'm sorry. Is there enough research going on right now to where the Blues would know who they may be nah. giving up in that round? No, or no? not no. even close. It's I mean, just there's a-, a
3: central scouting in that, but uh, honestly, Jeff, to go two years ahead, like uh, so much changes at the amateur level where guys you know, have a growth spurt, guys put on some weight, guys come out of nowhere and become NHL-caliber hockey players. So they're not even looking at that. They're just using past data that they have to go, okay, this is kind of the player that we've drafted in the past are we willing to part with this guy? And they were. so.
2: Well, before getting into Donnie's got a great question about, hey, what was this guy's day like yeah, yesterday? Yeah. But what are we getting in Nick Letty?
3: Nick Letty. Uh, here's the thing is I've seen both sides of the spectrum on this where people are like, hey, we trust Army very much like you just said, uh, Jeff. We trust Army. If this is not the ultimate move, then it's coming in the summertime. We know that he's going to do something. Nick Letty is a really good player. I think people forget because he went to the Eastern Conference and, you know, because he's not Jacob Chikrin or Provorov, who, by the way, didn't get moved. And the cost of doing business with that was out of this world. And then you have Giordano and Sherat, The cost of doing business there for rentals, are you out of your mind? There's no way. Blues fans would have been absolutely pissed today or a month from now or two months from now when you've got all these assets that went out the door and you don't have a player anymore. That player's gone and I moved on to somewhere else. So, um, you know, I think that the deal itself was the right deal to make. Uh, Nick Letty is a great player. He really is. He's a Stanley Cup champion in 2013 with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's top five in the NHL at puck retrievals with clean exits. What's that? What does that mean? It means when the other team dumps the puck in, he's so good at skating, he gets back, gets the puck, and is able to create a clean breakout. Without turnovers, whether it's by first pass or skating it out, so you put him paired up with Colton Pareko. Both guys are one-man breakouts. They can skate the puck out of the out of the zone or make that one clean, crisp pass tape to tape that gets you going the other way. We know the Blues are dangerous in transition, so he's just added to that arsenal. He's also really good at joining the attack, that second layer of offense from the D-man jumping up in the play. He's able to quarterback a power play if need be. He's able to get out there on a power play and do damage. He's done that in the past, whether it's with the Blackhawks or with the Islanders. He's been a real big part of that. So when I look at Nick Letty, I see a guy who fits the mold of what the Blues currently have. He also, by the way, is top tier for getting pucks through to the net. In the NHL, which means he changes his shot angle. He moves. He, he shakes. He gets it through. He gets the puck to the net, which is something that a lot of D men don't do. They get it deflected, get it blocked. How many times have we talked about blocked shots this oh, year yeah. for the yeah, St. Louis Blues? Yeah. So when I look at this deal, I think to myself, it's, exa- it's exactly the type of player that the Blues. Uh, it fits the Blues formula here, now, where it falls short is it's not that big, tough, net front-clearing, left-handed shot defenseman that everybody wanted so bad. But that there's only one guy that was really that that guy. Like, Jacob Chikrin wasn't that guy. Provorov, not really that guy. Giordano's, yeah, not really that guy. The only guy that fit that mold was Ben Sherratt. Mm-hmm. And, or Jacob Middleton. But Jacob Middleton wasn't good enough to come in and play in your top four. So when I look at Ben Sherratt, was he really good enough? Are you going to really hang your hat on him against Nathan McKinnon in a conference final or against Jack Eichel and Mark Stone or something like that? I don't know. So I, I err on the side of, you know, fight fire with fire, meaning we've got a really good skating offensive, defensive core right now. Let's add one more guy, and maybe that's just going to be too much for other teams to handle. Maybe we don't win 2-1. to one. Maybe we win 4-2. to two. Maybe that's the attitude from now on. I do think Army made the move that was available to him, that made sense, and he cleared up 2.75 cap space for the offseason when he might want to go shopping.
0: I don't mean to like sort of oversimplify this, but I kind of feel like the Blues got exactly what they needed. They, we needed a top four left-handed shooting defenseman. That's what we got. Yeah. He, he seems like he's, he's a steady Eddie kind of guy, which it seems like we were lacking that as well. And then one of the things that we've learned from you, Jamie, is how it will settle the rest of the lineup down having, you know, legit the four, you know, top four defensemen playing in that way. Can you kind of talk about, man, how you f- see this filtering down to the D? Who do you see Letty playing with? That sort of
3: stuff. Uh, right away, he's going to play with Colton Pareko. Okay. F- I know that for a fact. Uh, Tori Krug will stay with Justin Falk, and then there's going to be a healthy competition for Mikola or Scandela to play with Bortuzzo. That's the way it shakes out So when you look at your defensive core right now Go back two days You had Scandella playing top four You had Mikula or Wallman playing in your bottom two Now you have Nick Letty in your top four And you have, you've dropped Scandella down yeah. To where he and Mikula are now competing for that sixth spot on your decoy. You got better to your point, you got better. Absolutely. You've improved. Boy, and I'm already tired of the Marco Scandella being the whipping boy thing. And and yeah. maybe he
0: deserves it, whatever. But my God, I'm so tired of how Blues fans key in on one freaking guy. They make him their freaking whipping boy. And that's what it is. And Scandella has got that crown right now.
2: Now, is Letty the guy that is the stereotypical, well, this is Wallman in five years that you hope he is going to be. So why not have future Wallman here now yeah. while we're in our window? Jake
3: Wallman was never going to be Nick Letty. He just wasn't. I mean, uh, he's got the skating ability, and that's kind of where it ends. Uh, the hockey IQ for Jake Wallman, um, I think he's a, a good, a fine player. The hockey IQ is not quite where it needs to be. So,
2: you think this is a big upgrade over future Jake Wallman? Yeah, Nick. Right now, well, that's great. News. Jake
3: Wallman would never was never going to be nearly as good as Nick let Okay. And so, when I look at it from a skating standpoint, you want to put them on an obstacle course on the ice, probably neck and neck. But when it comes to hockey IQ and playing at those high levels, let's not forget Nick Letty has 121 playoff games under his belt. Wow. Yeah. Think about that, that. That is a lot. That's a lot. That's, a, that's over a season and, and a quarter of games, extra games that he's played. So, Jake Wallman, although he had some great spurts this year, he couldn't find his way into the lineup on a regular basis on this team. Yeah. So imagine, like Nick Letty. Think about the difference of those two players. Even though people want to try to compare the stylistically, there's no comparison when it comes to like the head to head of them. Okay. A couple things. Will Wallman play every day in Detroit? Do you know? I think he will.
0: If not, he, he will. will be given more of an opportunity to get an everyday role than he could have here.
3: Yeah. I mean, Steve Eiserman, There's no secret there. He's doing his rebuild. Which, by the way, they're way ahead of schedule. Yeah. Way ahead of schedule. Stevie's why scares the heck out of me because that Detroit Red Wing team in two or three years is going to be a powerhouse. And, you know, whether Jake Wallman's a part of that or not, who knows? Um, you know, he, he uh, Stevie did acquire Robbie Fabry from the Blues, and Robbie Fabry wasn't even finding his way into the lineup here. Went to Detroit, turned in 20-goal scorer. Yeah. So, you know what? Ice time and opportunity do matter for things. We'll see. Jake Wallman, it's up to you now. Show the world you can play.
0: And, and was Oscar Sundquist, um expendable because of the emergence of Barbie and also because he's, you know, I mean, he, he the way he plays, man, he, he gets banged up a lot.
3: Yeah, he's 100% expendable because of Ivan Barbashev. I think that if you go back a year, uh, it would be Barbie in this deal, not Sundquist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ivan Barbashev has shown, uh, one, he can stay healthy. Uh, two, that he's got 20-goal potential, three, he's still remaining physical, he can kill penalties, he can play center, he can play wing. All of the things that you wanted Oscar Sunquist to do out there, Ivan Barbashev has exceeded that. He really has. And Because I don't even know if Oscar Sunquist could be a 20-goal scorer. I pegged him at like a 14 to 15 goals. That would be like on the high end, on a good year for Oscar Sundquist. Well, Barbie's right there tickling 20 right now with a lot of time left. Um, and then the injuries, both hips had surgery, ACL repaired, you know, he was a step slower than he was before and the Blues patiently you know, working through it with him, they realized that a year from now it could be different, but I think at the end of the day, a year from now it could be worse too. So yeah, I, think, I,
2: I think St. Louis has seen the best of him from a health standpoint, yeah, I agree. at least, unfortunately. But what he meant to the team in the Stanley Cup run is, you know, can't ever be taken away from no, him. No, I obviously. mean, and
3: it shouldn't be. Oscar Sundquist should be fondly remembered in St. Louis for doing, you know, doing all the dirty work, doing the stuff that nobody wanted to do and doing it perfectly and really... um you know, catapulting himself into, like, cult lore here in St. Louis just because, see, he was that guy. He was the other guy that people fell in
2: love with. And when you remember him, think about the fact that those two things are connected. Everything he put his body through... That's where he is right now. Yeah. So remember that. The other name that's, that was in this, is it Witkowski? Is Mike Witkowski. Okay. Yep. Tell me about this guy because if you YouTube him, ooh, he's a lot of fun to watch, but he doesn't have a stick in his hand a whole lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Is he a player or is he a guy that's just kind of thrown in? And I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus. What I'm saying no. is, is he somebody that's going to help the Blues? No. Um,
3: unfortunately, uh, I actually thought he might get a chance right away. Because the Blues were short of rostered guy, and they end up calling up Nathan it's Walker saga, to fill yeah. that void. Yeah. But I thought he was going to get you know an opportunity to play because he plays D and forward. He's kind of your you know mix and match wherever you need him. Uh, who would do that? But he's in a their kill. career? he's a killer yeah he throws left he throws right and it's a punch in the face contest every single time
2: before we started this uh and i were in the in the office and he was pulling up youtube videos of the guy and we were trying to find a fight that he lost yeah it's hard or i was trying to find him striding four times with his stick in his hand (laughs) those two things are tough to find
3: he plays over 120 nhl games i believe and he's an He's a, a adequate skater. He hits like a freight train out there. And obviously, he's if he played full-time in the NHL, he'd be in your top five in the NHL as far as fighters go. Uh, that's why I thought you'd see him in the lineup tonight. I thought, ah, you know what, Tom Wilson... You know, oh, you even
2: think about that? Sleep
3: a little less easy, right. type thing. But you know, uh, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't. I don't know anything because he's been playing in the minors, and right. so, and also you got to remember that Nathan Walker has a guaranteed contract. What that means is he's guaranteed. You know, let's say the numbers two hundred fifty thousand. Well, he's guaranteed that. So if he doesn't play one game in the NHL at the end of the year, the Blues have to cut him a check for the difference of what he didn't make in the NHL. Wow. Whereas if you get to call him up, it eats away at that guarantee. Oh, so that wow. yeah, so huh. it, it's a it's a really good um, safety net for players like Nathan Walker to where they're only making you know maybe one hundred and twenty five thousand in your minor league team, but they're guaranteed two fifty, which means they're guaranteed to make two hundred fifty thousand or guaranteed at least to get enough call ups to the NHL to where they'll get to that two fifty, which means you get opportunity and money.
0: Very good. Last Minute Blues podcast brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Jamie, we know you've been in this position uh, a bunch of times before in your career. Can you maybe kind of speak a little bit to what Nick Letty's day was like yesterday? Oh, wow. and, and, And one of the first things that I wanted to ask, and I know you don't know this, but, you know, he's probably got an idea that he could be moved because he's a UFA. But when he goes
3: to bed the night before last... Does he have an idea he's coming to St. Louis? Does he What do you think? Sometimes you do, but Doug Armstrong and Steve Eiserman are two guys that are like airtight. Right, right. airtight. So I guarantee Steve Eiserman probably said, "Hey, Leds, we're going to try and move you if the right opportunity comes." Just so you know, so you're prepared, your family's prepared. I mean, that's Stevie Wise a class act.
0: So that's that so that is you getting a heads up from the GM. Hey, yep.
3: tell your wife you're probably going to be moving. with a class act GM. Because if if you're not, if you don't have a GM that really cares about the players, you don't say anything. he will just leave you on pins and needles, and you're sitting there wondering, and you've got your agent trying to call the GM, trying to figure out, and you're just sitting there going, ugh, this stinks. But I, I believe Stevie gave him the heads up. And as far as knowing where he's going, no. I mean, Doug Armstrong, aint he's not leaking anything. Stevie's not leaking anything. But when the news comes through, you're not really surprised. In fact, he's probably very happy. Because he's leaving a non-playoff-bound team in Detroit to go and play for a, what should be a playoff-bound team. And that gives him extra games to earn his next contract. It gives him a better opportunity to play on a good team, because his numbers are not good. Yeah, minus year. 33. I minus saw. 33. But again, that's a victim of circumstance. Look at any of the top-end defensemen uh, that were available to to the market, but that were on bad teams. Yeah. They're all in the minus 20-plus it's like so. It's like it's a common thing that you you don't have a great plus minus. Which you guys know, I I hate plus minus. I think it's a dumb stat. Uh, they got to figure out a better one with all these analytics that they've got now, to where basically they can tell you everything you need to know. It just doesn't tell the story. It doesn't tell the story at all, because if you're a guy that didn't do anything wrong on the play and you get scored on, you're on the ice, you get a minus. It's some like, of the some the of the hell?
2: baseball analytics, you would think that they could use that sort of at least thought process for some of. Well, this I think sort that if thing. you're
3: a player that's directly involved with the guy who scores a goal, then you get a minus. But I also feel like if you're a player that is directly involved in a goal offensively, you get a plus. You know, not just the assist. Like, maybe you made a good play. But then again, now we're basically – now we're turning it into, oh, what someone deems to be a good right. play. Yeah, so, I it's don't know. Too much I say just scrap the friggin' stat. But either way – um yeah, Nick Letty's going to have an opportunity to not recapture his career because I think it speaks for itself, but he's going to have an opportunity to improve on
2: his his stock, so to say, moving into free agency. So he's yeah. So he's playing not only for the Blues but for potential suitors oh, yeah. at the end of the season. It's I an would, audition for every team in the league right now. I saw this on Twitter that you uh, responded to somebody about this, and I'd like you to explain because I know you have personal experience with this. Should there be no games on trade deadline day?
3: Yeah, I don't think the games are, are good. Anymore, it's so hard. Like, take Nick Letty. I know where he lives in Detroit, and I know the airport's forty five minutes away. Um, You know, my personal experience when I got traded from the Red Wings to the Coyotes on deadline day was like an hour before the trade deadline, and I had to I had to pack everything. I had to go get my kids out of school. I had to try and say goodbye to my kids while they're crying and completely not understanding what the hell is going on. I had to get to the airport. I had to fly from Detroit to Columbus. By the time I landed in Columbus and I got to the room and got everything on, it was middle of the first period. And Barry Smith and Wayne Gretzky are giggling on the bench, and they you know Gretz is like, "You ready to go?" I'm like, "I guess so." He's like, "All right, get up <laughs> <laughs> there." Are you going to say no to Wayne Gretzky? You right. yeah, like, Give me a minute. Right. You know, Wayne, give me five, hey, Wayne. Wayne. Give me five. And but, and one of the things too that they had acquired me for was just being able to to do that stuff, like a veteran that could just play any scenario, right. any situation, just throw them in the fire, right? So here I am, no stretch, no warm up, no nothing. I had a coffee, basically. I hit the ice in my Arizona Coyotes uniform wearing Detroit Red Wings gloves because they didn't have gloves on the road that fit my hands or whatever. And
2: And going back to the family part of it here, you said you had to say goodbye to your kids, pull them out of school, blah, blah, blah. How old were they at the time? Uh, My oldest was
3: kindergarten. Okay. And the twin boys were I think, two years old. Okay, so the
2: so, kindergartner so, does not get that. Well, long. and uh-huh. also to bring this to the real world here, anybody listening who is a business person that, you know, may fly out on a Tuesday and come back on a Thursday, that's very well planned. And think about how sad it is for you to go to your kids and but you're say, coming back. Mommy or daddy is going blah, blah, blah. You had time to prepare for this and yeah. you're coming back in four days. This is a complete surprise and you're not coming back. Yeah, not coming and oh, back. by the way, it has to kind of be in public because it pulled them out of school.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, and not only that. On my way to the airport, TSN up in Canada. You know they do a great job of covering the trade deadline. They called me for an interview. Put throw my mug up on the screen, just a still shot. Jamie Rivers live traded from Detroit Red Wings to the Phoenix Coyotes at the time, and they're interviewing me. And my kids are crying in the background. It's it's like it was a mad. I remember my dad calling me later. Me, oh my god, he's like, why would they interview you <laughs> right. when you're. You know, you're, wow. you're trying to get to the airport. I'm like, I did just ask. I said yes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does that come to fruition, though, man?
0: What has to happen for them to make
3: uh, the, the the trade deadline day a, day a day with no games? Well, it's not hard. I mean, they already uh, they can schedule. They have the all-star break. Nobody plays. You think one day without playing a game is going to matter? Oh no, no, I'm not. I am
0: completely on your side. I'm just saying, like, does the does the NHLPA and the owners have to vote on it, or like? They,
3: of course, everything okay. has to be collectively bargained. Okay, so right, the right. union and the owners would have to say, hey, look, this is getting kind of dumb. Why don't we just make this like you could have practice? Right. Every team could practice. It's not like a day off, but then at least if guys get traded it's not like a fire sale to where they got to get out of there. You know, they calmly
2: can get their things. Man, and as, as much as the hockey community, and I mean the, the players and all that, take care of each other, you would think this is a no-brainer.
3: Yeah, but it's always just, it, it, the mentality, Jeff, has always been the hockey players who just play through anything. Yeah. What happened? I, you know, well, my house blew up. All right, we'll get your gear on. You're, you're starting tonight. Right. Like, it's. Yeah, oh, you, okay. Make
0: sure you get into a good mind frame before you come to the ring tonight. And you play through it.
3: Right. You don't ask questions. You don't complain. You don't cry about it. You and just play through it.
2: That's the way you got to this point, mentally speaking. Like, that's how you got to the NHL, was quote unquote, playing through anything. Pretty much. So you just pretty much do it, especially guys like you. So I can stick on a roster spot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. The EMTs are still at my house, and the firefighters are still at my house. <laughs> I'm re- so I gotta go. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm super yeah.
3: focused, so coach. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so,
2: I think. Uh, I think one of the
0: things that, that that we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, you know, is that this move for Letty, and maybe the lack of move for a, a bigger name or what have you, is sort of kind of leading towards what could be a very exciting offseason for the Blues. Um, Jamie, can you kind of talk to that a little bit? Because obviously we love Sonny, but I also love the 2.5 million uh, that is now off the cap that we can spend on on someone else. You know, you got to feel like with with that little extra money, a Tarasenko trade. I mean, this looks like it could be shaping up to be a pretty big offseason for the boys in blue.
3: Yeah, I think if I think if nothing else, Doug Armstrong probably got a good feel for what could be available in the offseason from this trade deadline and. I think he's got something big up his sleeve. I, I, I don't think it's a secret at all that the St. Louis Blues would love to go and acquire Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a secret. And he's going to require a pretty good payday. He's going to be a restricted free agent this off season. I, I believe he has arbitration rights, but then it'll be it. That's it. The following year, he's unrestricted. So realistically, the Calgary Flames are probably going to have to extend him on a contract this offseason or trade him because the value for Matthew Kachuk will plummet if you let him get to unrestricted free agency. Calgary Flames, if they want to benefit from this, they will trade him this offseason so the teams get a full year of Matthew Kachuk and the negotiation rights before anybody else to extend him. And so I, I could see that I could see Doug Armstrong Making that big move to get him
0: just for S's and G's, just because I'm 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 just curious. What does a long-term deal for Matthew kachuk look like in St. Louis?
3: Well, he's still only a young man, right? He's still a young man. Does he get eight? He'll years? be 25, uh, maybe 26 when this deal comes to fruition. So does could he be get wrong. six years. Does he get eight years? Oh, it'd be an eight-year deal. It would absolutely, I think it had, you would want that to be an eight-year But that's deal. fine
0: because then he's your guy. Then he's, he's your guy, he's yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to yeah.
3: be part of your leadership group. He's going to be your future. He's talented. He's tough. He's the name recognition alone. And I don't mean like, oh, the name, oh, the name. No, his name is synonymous with people who play the game hard. And if you look at their, their dad, you look at Brady in Ottawa, you look at Matthew, they play hard. You know what you're getting night in and night out. And I, I think that that's important to St. Louis Blues fans is knowing what you're getting, not just, you know, some guy who's going to chip in a few goals and
2: then, you know, not hit anybody. Well, he seems like the kind of guy, blue collar worker that the, that the Blues fans love, but also can score goals. And he is just all in. All the he time. just seems like he's all in. And mentally and physically, and he, you know what? And I, and I love this about him. uh,
0: He has a very punchable face, (laughs) and 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 I mean that. And no, listen, and I mean that in the in the in the highest compliment because he gives the kind of look that I want my my player on my team to be given. The other guy, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like he just, and also too. And I know that this is dumb, but when but when Calgary was here and seeing that Kachuk seven on a on a jersey that was not a blue note. I didn't love it. No,
2: and I figure,
0: boy, you get that Kachuk that seven back
2: on. Okay, I'm Come gonna go here, ahead man. as my dad would say, put the cart before the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He comes here. Do they pull the seven down out of the rafters and give it to him? Oh, I didn't think about that. Uh, yeah, I would well, think so. Pat but Maroon I didn't wore seven. Right. Oh yeah, that's not retired. It's not
3: retired. It was celebrated. Oh, so it was just celebrated. It was all the number sevens because you had Gary Unger, uh, Keith Kachuk, I think Red Berenson, maybe, maybe. Uh, uh, come, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Famous uh, people. A lot of a lot of uh, big names in blues history have wore the number seven. Joey Mullen, I believe, wore number seven um pat maroon the big rig can't discount him that's for sure yeah what has he done since he left here i kind of lost yeah. track of him <laughs> yeah. i don't know what yeah. on three cups in a row yeah. <laughs> it, so so
0: going into you know after the trade deadline um is 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 florida the the kind of the the team that you're looking at is as maybe the the top dogs in this whole thing i'm still looking at tampa
3: yeah oh yeah the Tampa Bay Lightning improved their team as well at the deadline. Um, they have the core group that's still there. They have all the pieces in place from last year and the year before, like all the main pieces. Yeah, I, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of the East because the Panthers and the Lightning and the Maple Leafs upgraded as well. Uh, those are three teams that are going to be going at it big time.
0: What about the Rangers? Would oh, you the throw Rangers them in that next too?
3: I don't see them in that category. Okay, but but and i'll pause there because they do have a team that's capable of upsetting somebody. So if they do end up against the Panthers or a Lightning team or a Maple Leafs team, they could upset them. And we know how that works. One upset generates momentum, your team starts to play more confident. They are a fast team, they have some physicality, they got great goaltending. All of those things play. So i wouldn't discount them.
2: The optics of how quickly Flurry wanted to get out of Chicago was pretty funny. That they trade him to what Minnesota, and like forty five minutes later, he was on the ice with the boys in a pregame skate. I'll be done. I didn't even I didn't even realize that. <laughs> well, they sent him the private jet too. Oh, did so, they? Yeah, Oh, you that get helps. A, yeah. You get a
3: little bit of special treatment when you are Mark Andre <laughs> Fleury. Uh, oh not my commercial.
2: Oh my gosh! Speaking of that, did anybody see the the Twitter pictures of uh, Letty being greeted by the the Blues players? No. Oh, my gosh. I am I am upset with the photographer that posted the picture of, of Saad. Oh, the side, the d- br- Yeah, with the dad belly and the sweater. Did okay, you see so that? And I know it's probably just a moment in time, but whoever posted that picture, it didn't look so
3: good. First of all. I thought it was my former body double when I saw that picture, okay? <laughs> okay, um, so you saw what I so saw. So there's some perspective okay. yeah. there. <laughs> uh, second of all, though, I know that Brandon Saad is in incredible shape.
2: Okay, good. He does not so have, you know, you saw what I saw. I saw it too, about... and I was like,
3: oh my God. And he he doesn't have the dad bod. He doesn't have a belly. In fact, he's in, I mean, great shape. So what? However, that picture came through the sideways, the shirt ruffled. I don't know. He may have had to poop. You never know. <laughs> uh, very... it, might, it must have been an anaconda that was buried there. Then, <laughs> because um, that picture, <laughs> he just had a
2: big old meal. Uh,
3: um, <laughs> he swallowed a German uh, Shepherd.
2: Oh my goodness. Wow. I I need you to go look at that picture. But Blues Nation, relax. Brandon Saw's in great shape. And also, Blues Nation, relax. Army has a plan.
0: Yeah, just watching that Twitter yesterday. Oh my gosh, man. Like, how many? There were so many tweets that involved a dig on
3: army and compare by comparing him to john mosaic like there was so Dunny, i was live on the air on the Fastlane I- and the text line was blowing up and i kept trying to be you know i exactly what i said about nick Letty here today oh jamie he's not great what are you doing ja- are you what it's john mosaic 2.0 i was like guys let's all breathe here yeah. it's not first of all he's a five million dollar player it's not like you went and got a guy off waivers yeah yeah, you know, yeah. it's not like we're bringing Bob Basson out of retirement for
0: goodness sake respect, <laughs> respect the Bassin respect
2: the Bassin
0: well Blues in action tonight take on the Capitals in Washington and uh, we will be back next week with another episode of the Last Minute Blues Podcast for Jamie Rivers Jeff Burton Donnie Fandango it is the Last Minute Blues Podcast uh, as always share us with your hockey loving friends and let's go Blues
2: the Last Minute Blues
0: Podcast hear more at 1057thepoint.com powered by Together Credit Union empowering you to achieve
1: And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Hauer from the Plugged In with Chris Hauer Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, with live betting up-to-the-minute scores for every, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts.